So welcoming my dear friend Kimberly to the show. Kimberly, how are you doing today? <laughs> feeling a lot. Yeah, we were having a bit of a chat before, weren't we? So yeah, I'm feeling a lot. But like I said, I'm bringing my whole self. So showing up with warts and all. Um, yeah, I just had a bit of insomnia. So some issues with sleep, mm. Kundalini symptoms, mm. pain symptoms. But yeah. in this moment, actually in this moment, I'm feeling a lot in my body. But you've got such lovely energy. So I feel good. I feel in safe hands, safe space to show up. Yeah, and it's all so welcome here in this space. And the reason I wanted to talk to you as I introduced you, you know, we have these conversations around managing our energy on social media, on devices, particularly when we're dealing with health issues. I mean, would you like to share a little about, bit about your journey and your story and the work that you also do in the world? Sure. Well, the work I'm doing at the moment is healing the witch wound. And I work mainly with women, those who have been socialized as women, to reclaim their power, reconnect to their magic, come home to themselves, come home to their bodies in a world that seems to bombard us with energy messages, information constantly invalidating or gaslighting our actual experience of being in our bodies, our intuition, our sensitivity, our feelings, our needs, um, I also do a lot to revive the lost ways of women, the sacred ways of the wise woman and the herstory and goddess culture and bringing that ancient wisdom from the future, I call it, for, for now. Um, but getting to that place of service, I've obviously needed to live that journey myself and will be until my last breath, I imagine. Um, but I come from a long line of psychic clairvoyant women, witchy women, um, and very stoical women disconnected from their bodies and their feelings and not in touch with their actual capacity at all, completely driven. Um, you could call it unhealthy, internalized masculine energy or internalized patriarchy. So really bullying themselves, actually. And I grew up watching that as well as their immense capacity for service and clairvoyance and wisdom. So when my mum sadly passed in 1997, that triggered a huge spiritual emergency for me, a huge opening, kundalini crisis, psychic opening, shamanic initiation, a massive download of all the unused gifts in my family lineage, and at the same time, the wounds, the feminine wounding. So I was completely blasted from all sides, which led to... Um, extraordinary psychic experiences and spiritual openings, but also chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, ME, physical breakdown of the nervous system. Um, I was lucky to have a very enlightened GP, a medical doctor at the time that was researching on the quiet, all these kind of psycho-spiritual things. So I was in great hands. Um, and one thing led to another, I found my way to living and working with a Canadian shaman and um, doing spiritual foundational training. I mean, it was a fast track of, of several years of immersion. And then life spat me out the other side of that, back out into the world, into service, setting up a practice in a clinic, working with, you know, it was just very fast, very rapid. But this was 20 years, 25 years ago. Um, and to be honest, the last 20 years has been about me integrating that opening 
and coming back into my body, um, learning to be led by my body. And it's a daily practice, especially in today's modern technological world to keep coming back to my breath, back to my body, noticing when I'm beyond my capacity, what my body's own language is. So my work with women has evolved over the years. And I realized doing intuitive energy scans, thousands of energy scans with women, that one of the core wounds that was disconnecting women from themselves, their true nature, their power and their bodies specifically, was this trauma of the witch wound which is part of a much bigger wound and a longer story of abuse of the feminine. Um, but most of the women that find their way to me now are women with some kind of underlying chronic health challenge who are also very intuitive and looking for a way to feel good, um, connect with their power, um, trust themselves, trust their inner knowing. Um, and not feel terrified at the thought of speaking on a podcast or even setting up a blog or, you know. As being online and doing those things does call on a lot of energy from us, doesn't it? It does. I mean, my experience is it pulls me away from myself. And if I'm not, if I, if I'm not cultivating a kind of a groundedness in my body and an awareness of my of the sensations in my body and the needs and, and how much energy I have got. If I'm not in touch with that, when I'm offline, it's much easier when I'm online to get sucked down every rabbit hole and lose sight of when I've stretched beyond my limits and my capacity. And then that leads to more symptoms later on. So it's this constant dance of making sure I'm strengthening my connection with the language of my body because that's what tells me how much I'm capable of and when I've gone beyond my limits when I'm moving into things that aren't good for me or I'm overgiving, people pleasing these are all parts of the feminine wound going up into the head being attracted to all the lovely spiritual psychic new agey stuff that I adore that takes me up and out and off into other realms when actually I just need to look after my body and make sure I'm eating well yeah. so if I'm not tending to that, then my experience of being online is a minefield and I'm super sensitive. So it's really exaggerated. So if I get sucked in and take, spend too long online, it can take me down and take me out for days. So I really have to be vigilant. Canary down the mine, you know. How, so a question I asked everyone in the first half of the show was, like, how does being online make them feel in their body if they notice it both when they're online, but also how they feel afterwards? And you're saying it can leave you feeling exhausted. Is there any like specifics that you could talk us through about how you feel? Afterwards. Mm. Yeah. If I've lost sight of how I was feeling, then when I come off, I personally tend to feel really ungrounded. So for me, that's uh, might be my digestion, spinning, gurgling, whirring in my solar plexus, uh, thoughts racing very quickly. Um, as I'm moving around, I'm clumsier than normal. Um, I'm not stopping to take a breath between tasks. I'm just spinning and rushing and hurrying. Um, 
that one. I feel that one. Yeah. I, I, I get it in my solar plexus a lot as well. Yeah. 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 And of course, the nature of the information that I expose myself to makes a difference too, because some might be very heart opening, some might trigger my trauma. So the after effects can be different depending on the information I've exposed myself as, to as well. Of course, of course. And I, I talked about in the last episode, I talked about emotional contagion and how that can affect us through social media. So when you're talking, it's not just the information, it's also the emotion behind what others are sharing as well. Like, do you notice that in the body? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the, the biggest component of the, the influence, the effect on me is the the psychic energy that I'm picking up on. So it's not so much, I mean, obviously I've learned a lot from you in terms of our relationship with the devices and with the platforms, which is so important too, a huge piece. But for me, it is definitely the information and the energy, the subtle energy that I tend to pick up on from, from people, as well as obviously, you know, the platforms themselves and the, the creator of the platform, the values and ethics of the platform. I feel that too. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, it's very much, um, it's very much me picking up on how other people are feeling. Um, and I'm very sensitive to what I call people's words, not matching their music. And that's not a judgment or a criticism because most of us are in that space at the moment of being out of touch with our true soul frequency, with our true essence, let's say, and our personalities, our egos, our physical actions don't always line up with that. And that's part of the journey, isn't it? But I'm just very aware of that and very sensitive to that. So what happens is I tend to, and I think our nervous system tends to do this generally, human beings' nervous systems tend to morph into resonance with the dominant frequency in the room or on the platform. And so I'm very aware of that too. And so of course my way to regulate my way to really center and ground then is to expose myself to people and information that, that is regulated, grounded, centered and rooted online or offline if possible, both. And so when I come away, if I am spinning, rushing, clumsy, anxious, mind racing, I have to slow down. I have to consciously notice that that's how I'm feeling. Oh, that's happened. That's how I'm feeling. Do what you just invited me to do. Check in with my body and notice without judgment or criticism. Oh gosh. All right. I'm really spinning. I've come up out of my body. I'm ungrounded. And then remembering what works for me. I believe very much is about finding what works for each person, but there are universal practices like getting out in nature if you can, or just going barefoot if you haven't got a bath, stick your feet in a bowl of salt water. If you haven't got a garden, gaze out of the window at the sky or sit with a plant or lay down and breathe or put some music on and dance around or dry brush your legs or, or massage your feet with oils or something that just puts you back in touch with the floor beneath you and, and the edges of your body. That really helps me. But sometimes it's enough just to notice, woof, blimey, that video really ungrounded me. I'm really feeling ungrounded right now. Do you have any other practices that aren't just like physical? Do you have any digital spiritual practices around protecting your energy online? 
Um, do you mean things like putting a golden bubble around my phone and things like this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you do anything like that? I do. And I do cord clearing every day as a practice um, anyway. Um, cord clearing or a shower, you know, imagining that light coming down from source and rinsing down over me and rinsing through me. And, and I just have a... Um, a ritual, a practice. Sometimes I can just think the words, say the words, visualize the energy. That's enough because I've done it enough and created like a conditioned field now. So I can just think it and it's in place. But if I was starting out, then I would probably really verbalize it and call on whatever works for you. God, goddess, guides, angels, archangel, Michael, divine, whatever works for you, call on that assistance to clear cords, ties, links, and connections between you and any other person, place, time, spirit, dimension that's not for your highest good or greatest joy now. And just let that trust that it's happening in the process, no effort required. So I do that cord clearing every day, not loads of times. I don't need to now, but you know, if I was just starting out, I think I would be doing it quite a lot. <laughs> Um, And I also do just imagine beautiful golden rainbow orbs around my computers and around my phone. And I use smoke and crystals and sound and chimes and tuning forks to just give everything a cleanse every day and all that good stuff. That's Mm. lovely. I haven't been doing that as part of my practice. So I think that's something I need to start to incorporate because I I do notice like the more you do show up in these spaces the more you start you know and people there's more attention equally on your content you can feel that like I've been preparing for this next book to come out and I've noticed like I'm really feeling it in my body as I prepare to 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 reach more people in the coming months and it's such an interesting thing to feel and also be in resistance to a little bit as well sometimes. <laughs> Do you feel that too? Yeah, I mean, I'm curious how that feels for you then. How does that feel? I mean, um, when you've released things in the past, how? how I, I actually feel quite nauseous. I, I get quite a sicky feeling in my body. Um, and I also get like, I want to run away and hide. <laughs> yeah. As well, that comes up for me. Yeah, because I recently launched the Witchwing workbook, didn't I? And that's yeah. uh, and I did that under a new moon, and I felt that the new moon energy offered me some kind of protection in a way. Um, I f- I felt literally yeah. felt like a beam of light coming down and protecting me. So that we're talking about capacity to be on in these online spaces. I've noticed I actually I need. I need to be in a good space with my love tanks nice and full. I need to be in a space of capacity to be able to birth something or release something into the world in order to cope with the energy that will then come in and come back in my direction, which, you know, luckily is, is largely positive and wonderful, but it's still a lot of energy, a wave of energy coming back in your direction. And if you're very sensitive, it can affect you, you know, joy can affect a traumatized system in the same way as something perceived as, as a negative experience. So it's still a lot of energy flooding your system. So, and particularly if you've just been creating something that's expending a lot of energy. So it's interesting, this um, culture that we're in of kind of banging out the next product and 
being prolific and productive, it's like, well, hang on a minute, you know, you need, your body needs time to refuel and rebuild. And, you know, for women or men as well, the Hara, the womb space, anybody that, that creative center in the lower body, it needs time to refill, doesn't it? After each birthing, each creation. Um, And I've certainly led to burnout at times when I've just been really riding the wave of being prolifically creative, but not realizing I wasn't in my body in the process. And so the crash and burn came after, you know, the, the release of these things when in ideally I should have been basking in the celebration and all the positivity and the sales and the networking opportunity, all these wonderful, wonderful abundance that can come from these things. And, And in the past, I notice I've resisted from stepping up and out into the world, one, because of the witch wound, but also because of my experience of crash and burn, um, because I was, am prolifically creative and have issues of staying in my body and staying in touch with my body. So I had to, had to refocus on the body and how I feel rather than the thousands of ideas that I've got of all the things I want to create or the endless messages and ads that flow past on social media that make me feel like I'm never doing enough, never giving enough. That's so important to remember because I, I think about how we, yeah, I, I just went was writing about how, you know, we're not machines. We can't just go, 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 go and keep running all the time. I mean, even my laptop needs to power down and have a little rest. Otherwise it starts whirring and the fan starts going, you know, <laughs> whereas you know, I was saying like I had six weeks of really intense work and then then have decided to just like release it as it's ready. And so I was starting to get into that edge of overwhelm into a bit of burnout that it was like that stop recenter breathe breathe be in the body spend time I had just had two days completely pretty much screen free which was delightful um and such good medicine yeah such good medicine but for, for everyone out there it's like I find we are we're on this constant treadmill and like you say if we're then burning up our creative energy we're leaving nothing left in the well for ourselves. So do you, do you work in seasons and cycles as well? Do you listen to your body as when to slow down and then come back up and out again? Absolutely. I mean, I, I like to try to, to be ahead of the curve, to be listening to the subtle symptoms, but I, I, I still have a huge piece of my programming that is very stoical and very driven and that's part of my life's path of, of, of working with that and softening that. And so I tend to crash and then, and then I need to rest for a long time. So my, you know, my lesson, my learning is to, to finely tune my awareness or for my awareness and relationship with my body to be as finely tuned as my nervous system clearly is, you know, as my energy system clearly is. And it's learning a whole new language. I mean, we're not taught this from an early age we're not taught this at school we're not taught by our parents it's just not part of our culture to put your capacity your nervous system capacity your energy your well-being first yeah I mean even recently you know I I've I set a boundary around something I just felt I wasn't 
um, comfortable sharing in my work anymore because it was too traumatizing and triggering for me. And I needed that capacity to create other things. The response I got to that was very interesting. So there's a lot of programming still out there that has people thinking that they should be doing X, Y, Z, regardless of how it makes you feel. Mm, Very interesting. It is, isn't it? So if someone's listening, just to finish up, if they're feeling anxious or overwhelmed, if they've been working hard on a project or even the, you know, from even on a nine till five, Monday till Friday job where you're at a computer all day, you know, whatever people are doing or someone who's just using social media a lot is like wanting to be in that influencer space and, and show up and share it. But, but what, what would, should they look for in their body to recognize, would you say, as a first point? Sensation. I think taking time to do a body scan and just check in. I mean, if you're, if you're living a busy life, a lot of the women that I've worked with over the years, super busy, often solo mums, running a business, even when you're just sitting on the loo, check in from the top of your head down to the tips of your toes and notice for sensations sensations that maybe feel uneasy or uncomfortable they can be very subtle or it can be a migraine coming on it can be a pain that just won't go away it's this is your body trying to tell you that you've reached your capacity in some way and to dial it back in some way and to let your body lead you and where would you then what would be then the next step to take would you say once you've recognized those feelings inside of the body personally I start breathing into that place I take a couple of breaths into that place or place my hands lovingly onto that and say, I'm listening. Okay. You've got my attention. I'm listening. What do I need to know? Where am I over giving? Where am I over pushing? How can I come back to myself and remember that I might not be designed designed for the world as it's been created. You know, I don't believe we are designed inherently for the world that we've created because this world has been created from our largely from our minds or from the mind So I would just invite people to just be kind to themselves, maybe hold yourself, stroke that place, breathe into that place and just say, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. Tell me what I need to know. Beautiful advice. Thank you so much. I can't believe how quickly that's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Blimey. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of those pieces with us. I'm sure they've been really helpful to those that are listening and um have you got anything else you'd like to share to finish with oh just sending lots of love and huge gratitude to you and just wishing everybody that's listening well 